Hi, this is Andrew Burleson, a third-year medical student at Texas A&M University, and this is Clinical Pearls. I know it's happened to me, and it's probably happened to you. You get called to assess a prolonged second stage of labor of three hours, or in some cases, sometimes even longer, and the fetal head is deeply impacted along the bony pelvis and stuck in the vaginal cavity. Or worse, you attempt a vaginal operative delivery, usually with a vacuum, and then the head becomes further impacted in the vaginal canal. You know that the only remedy is a cesarean section. But C-section, which is usually our exit for a tough labor, can be difficult itself in the case of the deeply impacted, deflexed fetal head. Well, you've got several options to choose from. You can do the push technique pole technique, use a C-section spoon, or maybe a fetal pillow. In this podcast, we're going to review these different mechanisms and find out what the literature says about their use. Impaction of the fetal head is usually not associated with cephalopelvic disproportion, where the fetal head fails to descend in the maternal pelvis. It is a manifestation, rather, of a prolonged second stage when the obstetrician has to decide upon mode of delivery, whether instrumental delivery or a cesarean section. Of course, the use of operative vaginal delivery, typically the use of a vacuum, can augment or further deteriorate the impacted fetal head situation. Obstructed labor with the fetal head impacted in the pelvis is an obstetric complication that requires cesarean delivery with skillful handling in an organized manner to avoid serious maternal and neonatal sequelae. Extraction and delivery of the fetal head in this situation can be achieved utilizing either a hand pushing up the vagina, otherwise known as a vaginal hand, or a reverse breech extraction. The vaginal hand technique is typically called the push technique, whereas the reverse breech extraction is the pull technique. There's also been reported the use of the C-section spoon and a new device called the C-section pillow. Now, a quick word, even though we're going to talk about the fetal pillow, which is a branded device, please understand that this podcast is not industry-sponsored and there's no financial interest to disclose. This is strictly for educational purposes. Attempting to deliver a deeply impacted fetal head using standard delivery maneuvers may cause extensive trauma to the lower uterine segment, vagina, bladder, and of course, even fetal injury. So remember that as of now, no one technique has been proven safer or more effective than the other. They each have their pros and cons. So let's review each one of these in detail, starting with the pull technique, which is the reverse breach extraction. In the reverse breech extraction, the fetus encephalic presentation is extracted through the uterine incision by the podalic pole. In this method, after opening the uterus, the surgeon introduces a hand through the uterine incision towards the upper segment, grabs both feet, and gently pulls the fetus up to extract through the uterine incision. In simple terms, this maneuver entails grasping the fetal feet, performing a semi-version, and delivering the baby in total breach, even though it's truly cephalic. 
Kefali described a low vertical uterine incision for this compared to routine low transverse as it provided more space for manipulations as well as its safety as it did not lead to lateral extensions of the uterine incision. In most of the circumstances, the fetal feet can be easily reached through a transverse uterine incision, however, and it's easier to close and avoid extension up towards the contractile portion of the uterus. So it's unclear if a low vertical incision is actually better or if sticking with a low transverse uterine incision will suffice. This reverse fetal breech extraction is called the pull technique. However, in practice, most people actually perform and are familiar with the push technique, which uses an assistant and a vaginal hand to deflect and push the baby's head from the vagina towards the hysterotomy. Care must be taken, however, not to do this with one or two fingers, which can apply undue pressure at a point and cause fetal skull fracture. Four-finger technique or the five-finger or the cup technique is best to avoid fetal head injury using the push technique. In 2015, a systematic review and meta-analysis evaluated the push or pull technique. Now, before we get into this data, I just want to be very clear that even though the data may show some trends, one technique has not been proven to be superior over the other, and it really comes down to physician or surgeon's skill and not rushing the procedure. Once again, a lot of fetal injury and maternal injury, meaning lacerations or increase in blood loss, happen because people freak out because they can't get the baby's head out. And, and I've been there. So the first thing, just like with the shoulder dystocia, is to breathe and be calm and know that that fetal head will get disengaged. Regarding operative times, the operation time in this meta-analysis was noted to be longer with the push method than with the pull method. And this makes sense because it takes a while for the surgical assistant to put on a glove, find the vagina, and then put their hands just right for the push technique. Regarding incision extension, the risk of lateral or downward extension of the uterine incision was about eight times higher with the push method, remember that's the vaginal hand, than with the pull method, and this was consistent in all studies. The heterogeneity of the testing did not show any significant variation between the studies involved in this meta-analysis. Some authors investigated lateral and downward incisions separately and found that lateral extensions were more common than vaginal extensions if the push method was used. Regarding neonatal outcome, although there was no significant difference in perinatal complications between the groups in this meta-analysis, some investigators have reported that the pull method is associated with significantly lower perinatal morbidity and mortality than the push method, perhaps as a result of less fetal trauma with the former method. A randomized prospective study of 108 Nigerian patients in which morbidity and mortality rates associated with the two methods were compared. Patients with a live fetus in obstructed labor at term were randomized to either the intraoperative push or the pull technique. Patients in the push group had significantly longer operative time, more blood loss, extension of the uterine incision, postpartum endometritis, longer hospital stay, and consequently higher hospital bills. 
In addition, the fetal morbidity was worse in the push group. The authors concluded that the pull method was safer and faster than the push method. Once again, this was one study, and even though it was a randomized prospective, we need a lot more data to actually prove that the pull technique is safer than the push, although here's a clinical pearl. The data trend does favor the pull over the push technique for the deeply impacted fetal head. All right, we come back, we're going to cover something that I honestly just learned about a couple of years ago, and it's kind of weird, but it does work. Yep, there is a C-section shoehorn called a C-section spoon. It's kind of tough to use, and you can get a uterine extension, but it definitely is easier to get around the fetal head than with your hand. So let's talk about the C-section spoons next. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, before we get into the OBC section spoon, which, by the way, is not just half of a forceps device, this C-section extractor spoon is its own device, and we'll get to that in a minute. There is another technique that's been reported, but few do it because of fear of injury to the cervical neck, and it's just kind of awkward to do, and that is the delivery of the shoulders first, then the feet, and then dislodging the fetal head. When a transverse uterine incision is performed after prolonged labor, a fetal shoulder often presents in the hysterotomy as soon as the incision is made. Again, I've been there. This is called the shoulder sign and is an indication of the possibility of a deeply impacted fetal head. Now, the easiest thing to do when you see the shoulder sign is to have an assistant push that shoulder cephalad as your hand tries to navigate under the pubic arch around the baby's head to break that suction and deliver the child in a classic or traditional manner. But in cases where that's not possible, then the more formal method of using the shoulder that presents in the hysterotomy to facilitate delivery has been described. Here, the shoulder presenting in the hysterotomy is delivered. The opposite shoulder is then delivered, and the fetal body is then delivered as a third step. This technique of the shoulder's first method is called the Patwarden method. That's P-A-T-W-A-R-D-H-A-N. And again, to be perfectly clear and transparent, I don't like this maneuver. I've tried to do it, and I find it very difficult, and it makes me uncomfortable. But the Patwarden maneuver does have data on its use. Next, let's cover the C-section spoons, because people think that this is just half a disarticulated forcep that is stuck under the pubic symphysis and try to wedge this kid out. But it's not. C-section or obstetrical spoons are their own device, and they are listed by the FDA as Category 2 fetal head elevators. 
Some clinicians who routinely use a coin spoon, that's C-O-Y-N-E, to deliver the fetal head at the time of C-section prefer to use the spoon to deliver this deeply impacted fetal head. Using two fingers, not the entire hand, the spoon is gently placed through the uterine incision to a position below the fetal head. Again, this goes underneath the pubic symphysis. The spoon is then used to help release and elevate the fetal head from the pelvis, and the fetus is delivered in the usual manner with the spoon. But as a cautionary tale is that after excessive prolonged labor, it may be difficult to place the spoon below the fetal head without causing damage or extension to the lower uterine segment. And again, in all transparency, I've seen a spoon and I've seen one used, but I have never used one by myself. All right, podcast family, let's wrap this up by talking about the fetal pillow. Now, I have used this device, and it does work, and it's pretty easy with a very short learning curve. At the initiation of use, it can be a little bit awkward to put this pillow into the vagina, but once you figure that out, it does work, and it's pretty easy. Now, remember that this podcast is not sponsored, and this is not an endorsement for this device, but it's just being covered here for educational reasons. This device was released to the market in May of 2011. The fetal pillow is indicated for use at gestational ages at or greater than 37 weeks. The FDA concludes that this device is classified as a Class 2 FDA medical device. That means that it has minimum to moderate risk of harm and all of the fetal head elevators or things like the C-section spoon are classed as a Class 2 device. The fetal pillow is made by SOS, which is Safe Obstetric Systems out of New York. This is a single-use fetal cephalic elevation device for managing the deeply impacted fetal head. The fetal pillow has a firm plastic base upon which it's attached a soft silicon balloon. The fetal pillow is inserted into the vagina prior to starting the C-section, and the balloon is filled with 180 mLs of saline, causing the fetal head to be pushed to a higher station. In other words, it dislodges the deeply impacted fetal head. Here is how the use of the fetal pillow works. This is indicated again prior to C-section initiation in the following situations, a second stage of labor with a deeply impacted fetal head, or a second stage of labor with failed operative delivery. It is also used in occiput posterior positions in the second stage or in cases of deep transverse arrest. Now here's a clinical pearl. This fetal pillow device is not just for a prolonged second stage of labor. It's also indicated for the first stage arrest when the mother is between 8 and 10 centimeters with a deeply impacted fetal head or in cases of excessive caput of the fetal head. The fetal pillow is inserted after completing vaginal prep for C-section and before initiating skin prep and abdominal draping. The steps include the following. First, use a 60 ml syringe to fully deflate the fetal pillow and leave the stopcock open. Fold the fetal pillow by squeezing the firm plastic base and, with the patient's legs in frog leg position, place the device in the vagina. Allow the firm plastic base to open in a flat position with the base against the posterior vaginal wall and the soft silicone balloon against the fetal head. 
using pressure on the plastic base, gently push the fetal pillow posteriorly towards the sacrum of the mother. So let me say that again. This is to be pushed posteriorly towards the sacrum of the mother. Now, use a 60 ml syringe to inflate the balloon with 180 ml of normal saline and close the valve. Strengthen the patient's legs out and proceed with skin prep and abdominal draping. When the C-section is completed, then deflate the balloon by drawing out the saline with the 60 ml syringe and remove the device by hooking a finger around the firm plastic base. The fetal pillow is actually pretty easy to use. There is data on the effectiveness of the fetal pillow based on randomized trials. In one study, there was less grade 3 extensions, which was extension into the uterine artery, vagina, or bladder, and a reduction in blood loss with the use of the fetal pillow. Another study showed that use of the fetal pillow caused decrease in time of delivery as well as significant reduction in blood loss, just like the first randomized trial. All right, podcast family, there you go. So remember, after a prolonged second stage, be prepared for the deeply impacted fetal head. This can raise the risk of uterine extensions and blood loss and just difficult extraction of the child, so be prepared. Based on data, it seems that the pull technique is superior to the push technique and the fetal pillow is also a low-risk intervention that can be used if your institution has it. So thanks for being part of our podcast family and we'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls. Thank you.